0: They're obviously successful, motivated, ambitious people. What's wrong with smoking weed? Like, why don't they come out and talk about it more and just say, like, the stigma that everyone thinks about is wrong. Look at us. We are killing it. And we smoke weed. Like, what's the big deal? That? People function better when they're high. Hey, baby, gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Bravo and Blaze. I'm your host, Jenny Blaze, and today we have a very special guest, Ice Dawson, also known as the Cannabis Socialite on Instagram. Hi, Ice. How are you?
1: Hi, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad we're finally able to chat because I think we have so much in common and have similar missions in the cannabis space. Um, you've been in the cannabis industry now for um, six years? And yes, <laughs> yes six years. That's amazing. Um, you also co-host an award-winning podcast, She Blaze. Yes,
1: Love blazing. that title.
0: <laughs> Um, But you also do so many other things, you're basically a multi hyphenate. So why don't I let you kind of explain or, you know, tell us about your career and how you got started, all that good stuff.
1: Absolutely. So again, yes, my name is Ice Dawson. I am a part of the Dawson group. So I come from like my family being in the industry. My older sister is Dashida Dawson. She's Cannabis Cesar. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but um, out of Portland, Oregon, she'll come and laugh at me later. It's okay. Um, And then I have uh, my older sister, Imani Dawson, who has an MWBE certified communications firm and I worked for my family all of my life like I've been so privileged having yes they're serial entrepreneurs they started when I first got out of high school they were in natural hair believe it or not and um, over the years many things have transitioned and um, after my mom passed in 2016 my sister Dashida went out to Arizona and she was like I think we should get into cannabis business. And I'm like, what's cannabis? Um, and she was like, let's get into weed. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give me a dispensary. I'm gonna have me, I'm gonna be delivering. I'm like, catch that pack. No, mm-mm. we came through via ancillary. We had a mm-hmm. crazy wild story. If you um, ask me about it later, I'll let you know. You can also read about it at wehead.com um, about our first experience being in the cannabis industry in 2016. But here we are years later, and I'm super excited because uh, when, even though we started in Arizona, we came back to our hometown area of New York, New Jersey, and we started like pushing legalization and lobbying for it. And it's so interesting because like I'm kind of making my old friend my older friends before legalization like ecro because I didn't quarantine in New York so now I'm back. And so I'm like, oh yeah, what was what were you saying about legalizing not happening until uh it happens federally in New York? Because New York's now legal and so is New Jersey yeah. and so is Connecticut. And um and my podcast is going on it's season six. And in our podcast we talk about New York and New Jersey all the time. And so to be able to see this happen it's exciting. And it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna be weed forever.
0: <laughs> I mean, that is so amazing. And I live in New York, not in the city, I live upstate, but I've been just so happy that we've gotten to this point. So thank you to you and your family and all the other advocates who've been lobbying because without you, we wouldn't be here. And I just see cannabis as an extension of wellness in general. Like for me, my background- I have um, background in IT corporate space, but you know, like my passion was about holistic wellness and health. And it's led me down this path to cannabis because I found myself being a certified health coach, you know, being at my most unhealthy and taking, you know, three or four different prescription medications that my doctors prescribed to me one to fix the other one. And I was like, in this place where I was just like, "What am I doing? This is not this is not my idea of living like your best life and being healthy. So I started exploring using cannabis, and I was able to get off all of my medication at one point. And so that for me was really huge. and that's when I was like, this is actually, that's when I started looking into the history of prohibition and why it even started, and that's when I started to get angry. This is before COVID, before, you know, BLM was going on. And I was just, yeah. I never felt that kind of injustice and rage so much that I was like, I have to do something. And that's when I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do in this <laughs> space, but I'm going to do something and I'm going to be there. So that's why I'm here now. But I mean, I did read your, some of your story and um, you said after your mother passed, passed, which I'm so sorry to hear you all gathered together and said, we're going to go in the cannabis industry. Is that a similar yes and no
1: so like a little bit I would say my sisters are much older than me so they come from a little bit of a different generation mm-hmm. my mom's always consumed cannabis um since we were children they were children I was a child and she's always just called it her medicine you know my mm-hmm. mom smoked and our house just smelled like smoke I never <laughs> questioned cannabis from not until I actually got to high school and um in the late 2000s going to high school and And being somebody that consumed uh, was still, it was still looked at as like, you know, you're one of the dope people, you're one of the druggies, you know, I've had people tell me that they don't talk to druggies because I use cannabis. And so it was so frowned upon. And, you know, once my mom died, and then I got into the industry with Dashida, it was us first my aunt she had always been a medical patient in Arizona and she just talked about cannabis like it was so magical and like you know, it's cool. And we started hearing stories and it made me mad to your point where it was like, okay, my mom could have had like a better end of life had she had real legitimate access to the plant. And she Mm -hmm. always knew that, but because we lived in a state that had heavy prohibition, it still has prohibition now, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, people Mm -hmm. are moving down there. The laws are not looking like 2022, boo. Uh -uh. That's all I'm saying. And, um, you know, Going into the industry, we were like, oh my God. And it was a shock because it was during the time of what they considered the wild, wild west because it was only a few states that had it. And then when we went back to New York, we started talking to our sister Imani and we got her out of it. And we also brought a lot of our family to our activation. So in Denver, Colorado, we had an activation. We brought our family out. When we did an activation in DC, we brought all of our family out. Because we want our family in this industry too. Whether they're working with us or working on their own thing in their own state, because every state is different. We mm-hmm. want as many people in the industry as possible because that's how it gets mainstream. So it tickled down. It took a minute to get my older sister Imani in, but now that she's in, I mean, she's a she goes a little bit harder than the rest of us sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I
0: mean, so as I'm trying to get into the cannabis industry, when I felt that passion, I was like, this is what I want to do. I just kept getting faced with hurdle after hurdle, like social media, that that's the easiest way to start something from scratch, really. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like in the digital world is social media. And if you're censored, how do you, you know, even enter the industry? Do you have any tips or advice or, any insight, because I don't even think some people know when I tell people about, you know, my Bravo and Blaze Instagram, they don't have no idea that I can't like, I get in trouble for things. I'm not allowed to post things. I get shadow banned, all this stuff. And people don't know about that because they don't explicitly even say it in their community guidelines. They don't say cannabis is not allowed or anything like that. And, you know, state to state it's legal for me, but like somebody in a different state might not be legal. So I understand that, but I don't know. Do you have any tips
1: or advice for social media? Well, honestly, social media is a tricky thing. And the best way to own your digital real estate is to get your website. You know, yeah. they can block it a million times, but they yeah. cannot block a website you own. Mm-hmm. And so my number one tip is whatever name you think about one, be clever. Like there are so many weed plays, there are so many cannabis plays, like Bravo and Blaze. Like that's cute to me. I already knew what it was because <laughs> I would I've always every every year. I'm looking for more and more cannabis and Bravo and, um, just luxurious cannabis lifestyle and luxurious and, uh, real way of luxury you know I think we have all different types of elements of luxury and I tell people I'm glam luxe. you know I have a friend she's luxe. she likes to be in glamping and stuff nah boo nah me put me in a cabin somewhere like I need my own bathroom things like that and so there's different yes yeah, there's different levels of like just cannabis and the different yeah. types of cannabis. And as a glamour girl, I feel like, uh, cannabis and glamour needs to come out a lot heavier. And so yes. I say, own your website, get a creative name. Like there's so many ways to play on cannabis. Um, so, and you could just have a name that is not cannabis related at all, but still provides cannabis. I mean, there are alcohols that don't have, or medicines that have names that actually have nothing to do with the product. So get creative people and, um, social media may block you, but, you know, prevail, use your network, join a network of people because your network, if they stand up for you, then Instagram can't just block you, especially if you're not selling product or you are not making any threats to the community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause, and that's kind of like how I wanted to approach the cannabis industry was, through some kind of ancillary service or product, because when I started looking into, you know, when New York became legal, I was like, oh my gosh, what are the opportunities for opening a dispensary? And so I started looking it up and it was like ridiculous. So insane. You need like, like at least a million dollars just to apply or something like that. Like who has that? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And but- we know who has that. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah well I don't have it so (laughs) hello I mean it is ridiculous but those are the old rules for New York that's what I try to tell people um people tell me all the time they're like you need uh half a million dollars you have to have been in agriculture for four years you have to do these things that they're naming and I'm like well that is pre-legalization so you can see why we fought so hard because That's what the 10 medical license in the state that we currently had before legalization, that's what they had to do. And those 10 people, 10 companies, not people, but 10 Uh companies looked a certain way. Uh, I would say with the Office of Cannabis Management, Give them time, you guys. They are give your comments and concerns, okay? When they ask you, reply, but give them time to implement some things. Um, New Jersey just came online, and I think it's a little fast, you know. New Jersey, they did have flour, unlike New York, but they right. only had a couple licenses as well, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I heard that the product on the market wasn't that great. And so I felt like maybe if they allow a little bit more time for people to utilize their gifting and put in a standard SO uh, operating procedures in their gifting because they was gifting before and then now translate into business. By the time you do that, we'll get some real rules and hopefully we'll have different tier systems where everyone can afford to be in the industry. Yeah, hopefully.
0: Also, they have so many, there's so much regulation around seed to what do they call it? Seed to to sale. sale. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so, do you have more insight into that? Because my understanding was that you cannot have, you cannot be a part of that entire chain. You can only be part of like a small part of it. Is that correct?
1: Um, well, it depends on the policies that come out. Uh, every state, because this is not federally legal, there are no general federal guidelines for stuff. For example, when interracial marriage happened and was federally legalized, there were guidelines that each state had to abide by in order to implement it into their state. Federal oh, yeah, cannabis- Just
0: same with... Um-
1: everything with same sex marriage
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it was like that
1: same sex sex health act there are so many that's just how america works honestly um but even like you know any act affordable care act the affordable care act that we have here is not the same in uh state down south it just isn't and that's why they can make different laws like that and Mm -hmm. so um because cannabis is not federally legal it doesn't give anybody a framework and so what the states do is Uh, they take frameworks from other states and see how does this work? How did it not work? Whatever. And it depends on that state's um, management, bureaucracy, and all that government crap. So Mm -hmm. some states like Oregon, it is, it is you get a certain level and then certain states like California, you see a lot of vertically integrated companies where they own from seed to sales. So they have a cultivation, yeah. uh, manufacturing, distribution, dispensary. Some states have just the cultivation, just just a dispensary. And then other states have all the whole trifecta. So I think Mm -hmm. it really just depends on your pockets and how much money you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And the states that have the tiered type licenses, where it's like, you know, you're like, oh, Jenny, you're like, you know what, I just want to be able to grow mine. I'm not trying to sell it to the, just sell it in the dispensary. I'm not trying to manufacture into Mm -hmm. anything. I just love growing. Um, Having those specialized license allows you to just pick that specialized thing versus it's like okay now i got to think about growing selling and dispensing right gotcha. um
0: <laughs> wasn't lowell farms the first um like restaurant where they were selling weed in california or la
1: um, well they did get a license girl with so much tea around them like there was BC. yeah yeah I call it BC before, before COVID, COVID. So, yeah. yeah so BC <laughs> Lowell was crazy but it's so it's so funny because I enjoyed the Lowell product so much mm-hmm. but um yeah they in LA particularly they were one of the first licenses that were, um, granted for social consumption, but in the Bay area, there were already dispensaries that had their, um, speakeasy connected in them. So the Bay has been always cannabis friendly. I have been out to, um, a few dispensaries that had a social consumption, um, attached to it but you had to only buy so basically there was a certain way you had to buy the buy the cannabis check it out they had to open it in a special way for you yeah. and then you go to like the back and it was very much so speakeasy dark i'm i can't see y'all i be having these big thick glasses i know y'all think they fashion they not i can't see it be mad dark in them speakeasy i'm like dang i done drop past the blunt trying to roll it it is crazy oh, that's girl so that <laughs> That's what it was in um, the bay, but this one was a little bit different because it actually allowed um food and consumption. Yeah. So that was the difference, is that those speakeasies didn't allow food. So they normally have like food trucks outside or they were in areas that have restaurants. But um and according, I didn't go because it opened like literally. Right before COVID happened, yeah. so I wasn't able to go. But according to some of the people, you know, everything was overpriced. There was um, the smoking was separate from the food, so you had to eat food somewhere and then smoke somewhere else, oh. unless you were in their outside portion. Um, Uh and then they also the tea around them really is that Lowell is a vertically integrated company like you Mm -hmm. said so they do cultivation they do their different distributions I don't think they dispense at the time officially like I never had seen an actual dispensary about them but I thought I did
0: but and I thought
1: that's why they got in trouble because no, they, they was letting them. stuff pop fall off the back of the truck and oh, letting sure. so they let they had a whole room of just like uh, who knows what kind of plans they could have been personal for people that work there or they could have been falling off the back of the truck they also let their license lapse which compliance is the biggest thing in cannabis actually the biggest thing in anything you don't let your driver's license lapse or you're driving with an expired license so just like that in cannabis you don't let your license lapse you know um you keep that in place and so they had two different offenses which was where your extra plants come from and why you let your license lapse and so basically they were saying that they were getting a bigger license at the time and so they were waiting for that application to fully go through um and that would include the new plants that they had that's what they had said I don't know if I believe it or whatever (laughs) but they're still going through that litigation
0: right now I was really disappointed because I when I saw the news come out that it was like the first restaurant where you could consume cannabis I was like thank you thank you please don't fuck this up like don't mess it up for the rest of us because I felt like they were taking on a huge I mean they were setting this the stage for everyone else and they fucked it up and I just was so disappointed Mm -hmm. but um the reason why I thought about Lowell so much is because I was like imagine if I don't know do you watch
1: Vanderpump Rules I do watch, I binge them. So Vanderpump Rules is one of the ones I have to binge. But okay. I I know what's kind of going on because I read yeah.
0: the box. Yeah. <laughs> I just like kept imagining a you know, like what if they started, you know, at their their restaurants, because the show is about, you know, the different restaurants that Mr. Yeah. Vanderpump has, um, yes. from, be- from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Burger Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that would be so cool. And also with Lowell and like just thinking of VPR and stuff, I thought it'd be so cool to have something like that in New York. And now that it's legal in New York, do you know what the um, laws are? Like, are there speakeasies right now? Because I know in my area there are not, but I
1: imagine in New York City there are. There were speakeasies before legalization. You know, again, cannabis is not a new concept, you guys. I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, what is happening is Uncle Sam said, oh my God, this, y'all making trillions of dollars here. I don't get a cut, what's up? And, (laughs) And they was like, oh, but you made it illegal. And so they're like, oh wait, we could go back and change that, but you gotta give us a cut now. So the only thing that's happening different is that, you now pay the government to be a part of this industry. This industry was going on long, long, long before. So I've always gone, I've always kind of been knowing about the cannabis things because I've always been a cannabis girl and so um really I feel like now it's better because it's like more refined you know yeah. there is stoner pizza which is a very well-known restaurant here um that people love I haven't been because I just moved back to the city um a couple months ago like more than six months but it takes a while y'all um <laughs> yeah. yeah it takes a while <laughs> yes to get back a like you know COVID, we still during COVID, ain't even after COVID no more. It's like I during know. COVID and um to move during that time. But yes, I know a lot of people that have been in Stoner Pizza, High Garden. Um, there are many speakeasies with Yes, girl. Come on, let's go together. Um, well, you know I'm going to be down there for BravoCon. Yes, I want to go to BravoCon. I had signed up last when the year that they were supposed to go. I had signed up to like learn more about it and like try to get yeah. tickets and stuff. And then they was like, JK, it's not happening. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to try to go. Having,
0: I was having nightmares for weeks because I heard that the one and only BravoCon that happened the tickets were sold out in minutes they were yeah and I was like oh my god I can't not go I'm going anyways I will be there
1: just I don't know if I'll have a ticket or not but um I I will be outside I mean I live in the city so I can at least pass by okay and see what the after parties are i mean yes. the thing about new york is that you know they have these events and then they have like you know side mm-hmm. events of it yes. so Maybe i can afford a ticket to that but if BravoCon wants to give us tickets because we are blazing yes. bravo fans <laughs> holla at us okay we will be there
0: <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so glad you said that because for the last bravo con that got canceled I was starting to already plan, and I know you're into event planning as well, right? Yes, so yes. I was starting to, to plan a Bravo and Blaze side event that was not affiliated to BravoCon, but that was 420 friendly, somewhere close by where people could come take a break and like smoke, eat, talk, you know, whatever, or maybe like an after party or something. And then I was going to maybe ask some like maybe Gigi or Tamara, if they would be interested in like co-hosting or something, but um, that leads us into Bravo. And before off camera, we were talking about, you know, weed and Bravo. So can we hear your take on what you think about mainstream media and cannabis in general, I guess, and then maybe Bravo specifically.
1: Well, you know, I always got to plug myself in because y'all are trying to revamp the Real Housewives of New York City, boo. And, you know, if yes. y'all looking for some young, up-and-coming talent, because I'm not yes. even in my 30s yet, holla at me, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the idea for the BravoCon, so I'm super excited. We could talk offline about that because yeah, I am like, where do we that- need to sign up?
0: Yeah, we <laughs> need to do that, right? I think this yes. is an amazing idea. We, If we partner together, we could make it, even bigger than just like a little side event that's around BravoCon. It could be like actual, you know, like more mainstream cannabis shit, like other cannabis company. Okay, I'm getting, going yes, on a i'm yes, Sorry. Yes. No,
1: I actually agree, and I'm like, <laughs> this is what we need. I mean, this is why yes. I Google Bravo and cannabis things all the time because, like you said, it's been there was what I feel about Bravo is that they display people using cannabis, being silly, um, being out of control. A lot of times they're enjoying it while they're enjoying alcohol. And anything I know about alcohol is it gets me out of control for sure. So I can only imagine women that don't consume ever eating an edible and then also having like a dirty martini and, or skinny girl margarita and not being silly. Mm -hmm. Like it's impossible. Um, And, but to take it, serious I feel like it depends on the show um go Nessa from the uh, Sunset yes I know I'm so sad they got canceled but obviously we see they're, why
0: they're still gonna be around though they they have like a spin-off that they're
1: doing I guess you, uh, that's what I heard but I, mm. you know I, I'm always I know, I don't well, know. we, don't, we don't, I don't know until we see it but <laughs> I, I would like to see maybe reza or destiny but i was kind of getting over the whole mj thing i was just like i love mj
0: i love reza i love them like independently but i love them together and i know that it's like not the same anymore so it's really hard to watch them like in, in their state right now but destiny she has um her alu collection it's like all accessories and everything and she has a 420 like little collection within her bigger collection too. So she has like little smoke rings and like um, other, you know, like joint holders and stuff like that, which I love. (laughs)
1: yes so she had a pendant I think you posted it because I went and I looked at it um because I was definitely like okay destiny um but she had the green it was like a green pendant on the necklace um but that was sold out okay that thing went like hot cakes off the off the steam press yes it did so it might be back now but when I had looked um around 420 that thing was definitely uh sold out but uh I love destiny I thought she was a really great addition I thought she Mm -hmm brought a um more unique uh take on Shaws because sometimes the new people could be kind of uptight like that Mm -hmm. one girl from like a couple seasons ago especially especially the new girls um I don't know I think she dated R Kelly um was that Nima's sister no that was um wait was it no one of these oh girls, God. she, it was like, a, it was early shots and she dated R. Kelly. And I was like, no, well, this you was was she was the most boring. She was like a newer girl recently, but then she wasn't on the last season, I don't think. Because she was so bad. Um, yeah. she, was, she was a drag, honey. Um, and yeah. Destiny, she, she brought life. She brought her personality, yeah. but she also brought something to the storylines where yeah. some of those girls, you know, I couldn't even tell if they was at the table or not. So yeah. um, but I'm excited to see them together. I do like the fact that Gonessa talked about it being healing and medicinal mm-hmm. and she got the opportunity to talk about it. But I still think there was, um, she also shared it with the rest of the team, right? She got every like um the crew, mm-hmm. she got everybody on the cannabis stuff. And I really enjoyed it, but I still think there was the element of like, you know, she should have brought on experts to talk about it. Like Gonessa's yeah. cool, but you know, they have to do. With the shows, a lot of time they have to do their own type of events, right? Yeah. And if she actually talking about cannabis and having a cannabis company, her event should have been surrounded about people that were medical professionals telling you about cannabis. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. My biggest thing is I want
0: um, to educate people because people, I had no idea about just the science behind cannabis Until recently, like like when I started BC before COVID, (laughs) when I started replacing my prescriptions with cannabis, and so that's when I started looking at the actual science and the health benefits and like how it works in our bodies, and I was like, Mm -hmm. why is this illegal? And that's when I started going into the you know the history of it, and that's when I started getting angry. But it's just so crazy that. There's so much, there's such a lack of education because of the censorship, the reefer madness generation, like we, I, that that is what bothers me. And that's why, you know, I'm here with Bravo and blaze is because I want to bring that to the mainstream. And I don't know how else to do that other than just like find a tiny niche and be like, Hey guys. Do you Want to hear about
1: cannabis? <laughs> right. Yeah, I better hear about cannabis. There's an element of like, you don't want to, you better hear about it because yeah. one, it is a trillion dollar industry, it can save us with climate change, it can save us yes. health wise. we have seeing all these health things we never even heard of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, cannabis has been around millennial, yeah, you know, cannabis way longer has been around- than our laws. <laughs> Okay, or some, anything, or our prescription pills. You know, yeah. there's a point where, in medicine before prohibition, there was nothing made without cannabis. Mm-hmm. Whether you're talking about a child medicine, whether you're mm-hmm. talking about pain medicine, a uh, part of going to sleep medicine, everything had cannabis in it. And I think that y'all need people, not y'all, but mm-hmm. people that don't know about cannabis need to put some respect in cannabis name. It's yeah. not just. Or getting high, like at the end of the day, cannabis is medicine period. So, yeah. you know, you could be using it as fun times, but no, your body knows the difference of like more than just having fun. Your body's like, Oh, this is good for me. Let me keep this in my system, even though you're having a great time. And I have to shout out Dr. Rachel Knox, because she talks about the history of cannabis, like one of the best ways. And she has this great presentation that brings you from all the way from the start. All the way to right now, too, and she really breaks down how cannabis happened like this. Yes, so Dr. Rachel Knox she works heavily with, um, she and her family actually the Doc Knox family. They're family of doctors. They are endocannabinologists, which are doctors that are. Yes, we got endocannabinologists. Yay! Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I did so that's like a new specialty then. Well, they've been in the cannabis industry well before we've gotten in. They've been on, um, I want to say either Good Morning America or the Today Show, one of the morning mm-hmm. shows. They've done TED Talks. They've been, they have clinics. The, they've been in the industry for a long the time.
0: The endocannabinoid system is a new system, like not a new system. We've yeah. always had it, but like it's something that's been newly identified in health in the health world. Is that correct? I mean, like new as in like in within the last
1: few decades, at least, right? No, so I feel uh, so. The American Doctor Association used to have cannabis as one of its main treatments and pro cannabis back in the 1920s and 30s. Right. So right. during the during prohibition is when they rescinded it. I mean, they even put out different reports on it actually being okay. Like in the seventies, New York actually decriminalized cannabis, but what they've done in the, um, since medicinal times, because they are West coast based, Mm -hmm. they are years and years ahead of us. So, uh, they've been endocannabinologists for a while and they went in and studied the endocannabinoid dome, which is a lot of words that we are saying and. No, I can't spell it for you, but (laughs) I can send you a link. And they started studying it uh, in the early 2010 um, teens because of legalization and also it being medicinal. In the 90s, California had medical marijuana. And so that is the only way to get it is to get it prescribed by a doctor and so that does open the gates for that um but this is it's not new but I think it's getting more respect I think they're becoming specialty around it you know uh where in the last 10 years whereas like when Denver legalized or California had medicinal we was like okay so what you know, now we're taking it more serious and seeing that this is helping people's quality of life and helping them have the, the best life they can, whether they eat it, smoke it, put it on their skin right. um, or just, you know, have it around. People should be okay with cannabis, how we're okay with wine. Oh, I agree. I, I actually don't even really like to compare
0: it to wine that much because yeah. wine to me yeah, there's, like, some health benefits, but, like, to me, alcohol, I mean, my own personal experience, I can tell, like, (laughs) it may, one makes me out of control, but it makes me sick, like, it doesn't make me feel better, like, in a healthy Mm -hmm. kind of way, whereas, like, when I consume cannabis, I feel better, and I do think that there is a difference between, you know, like, consuming medicinally versus consuming recreationally. And I'm all about consuming recreationally, like go for it. You know, like I don't, I think it's probably the safest thing to do recreationally. There's no
1: one like dies from cannabis unless you get hit (laughs) with it. But (laughs) Well, I would say that the language has kind of changed around that with the doctors that I've um, worked under. I actually was just on um, leading an event with uh, Dr. Carmen Jones out of Nevada, and she's a pediatrician. And we had how to talk to your kids about cannabis conversation um, Mm -hmm. with one of my clients. And, you know, to your point, you're right. You can't really compare it to wine, because one, it's like a plant, right? We throw it in the back, Mm -hmm. it's going to grow. Um, but it is medicine, but because, um, one, like, because it, your body knows it's, always helpful there isn't much of a difference from the adult use usage uh, because your body's still going to take it in medicinally people Mm -hmm. haven't died no one's died from cannabis but Mm -hmm. because there are this legalization happening they're forcing this medicinal versus adult use which actually There's no such thing. There is no such thing. Just like hemp, CBD. What we're talking about? No, that is just bad-grown cannabis because they made (laughs) up an artificial number to make it something that it is. Yeah. And um, I that's that's why I love working with not just my siblings, but because we work within a lot of people within our network, but I love working for CHEM, Cannabis Health Equity Movement. And CHEM has so many different parts. And in one of the parts of it, they have an association for medical health professionals and healers where they go through this line by line and they are understanding the nuance. You know, every year it probably feels like, oh my God, y'all are talking differently about cannabis. But it's not really different. It's just like we're allowing some of the science to come into the culture of cannabis business. Because yeah. before, before I would say BC, before people took a home and they did, like you said, and really looked through the history of it, they're just like, oh, you're having fun. You don't know what's happening. Yeah. I think now we're bringing in the medicine. And even still, I think there's an element of because- We want to legalize it because we want money, tax money from it so bad. We're willing to chop it up any different way and to be like real serious about this. Like, hey, millions of people are in jail for this. You need to let them out for you let the money out. Uh, Hey, you know, people can actually use this as medicine from any age, pregnant, not pregnant, uh, any type of THC we can't regulate it when I go to Costco to buy a pound of sugar I don't be like oh yeah sorry I can't buy this 10 pound bag of sugar because yeah. I sure do have the big sugar that everyone could use I don't have to get it a bunch and, and sugar I- is actually addictive that's why yeah. we have so many <laughs>
0: diabetics I'm just saying like there's no chemical compound as far as I know that will make someone physiologically dependent on weed and that's another thing that I love about it is because you can use it to get off of actual drugs like heroin or opiates or whatever like you can use cannabis to help yourself get off of that stuff and live a a more healthy life and, or even alcohol. Like I actually, that is one, I have a personal experience where I was, I felt like I was starting to get addicted to alcohol. And so Mm -hmm. I stopped and like temporarily replaced it recreationally with cannabis. And that's how I was able to quit drinking and then I didn't need to like, you know, have a big blunt at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Like I right. slowly worked my way into not feeling that dependency anymore. And weed helped so much with that. That Like I wouldn't have been able to do without it, I don't think.
1: Heck yeah. I mean, cannabis can be used for any single thing. I think there is an element of like, because unregulated markets really only get like smoke or edibles, I feel bad for them. Like I got my man for his birthday like mm. this this basket of things, but in uh. it is like these different products of cannabis he's never seen before, like a transdermal uh. patch or oh, how, a one of those? lozenger Oh girl, happy. i would be, I be <laughs> like, why am I so hot? <laughs> you know, like Gosh, she's uh, so wild. I can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love them. But, um, uh, well, I like the THC cause I'm a wild child, but like my family, they're a little bit more one-to-one. Yeah. They're like, they're like, okay. And that just makes you feel good. If you have pain in your body, if you have any inflammation, if you just work out a lot, like I've been getting into lifting and stuff and like my body is sore all the time like all the time having that transdermal patch on takes away that soreness like and so I think people one as you get into a real market and see like what really could be done with cannabis I think a lot of the stigma of adult use versus medicinal goes away Mm -hmm. and it just is you just enjoying your best life and I think that is really what what Cannabis has helped you do is like, be like, okay, well, I know these things about myself, but how can I live my best life? And you were able to get away from the prescription, but can of uh, alcohol. I mean, you probably even eat cleaner. Like, there is a bunch of yeah. things cannabis could do. Um, but I oh, will yeah. say, I just want to say one last thing because Mm -hmm. pharmaceuticals, we kind of talked about it a little bit. You said something Mm -hmm. about it. I will say that I am very, very nervous for the cannabis industry. Hear me, hear me well, you guys, the Mm -hmm. government has had a patent on cannabis since long before I was even born. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason why opioids, opioids is affecting our country because opioid comes from a plant originally, and it it is isolated a bunch of times to create this thing that we then took and we took a bunch of it over the years like we're mm-hmm. hearing and watching documentaries of how it's destroyed everybody's lives no matter yeah. your, your color and um i will say that cannabis i don't want it to be pharmaceuticals next big thing yeah. and right now they are lobbying hard on the hill only fda product gw pharma um for their cbd approved product I hate. Watch that. out! Watch out! Watch no, out! That's the only thing I, I don't must like,
0: say. I don't like that at all. That's. I hope that doesn't happen. I actually, you're not the first person that I've heard say that too. Um, I had another guest on who is a cannabis advocate, and he was saying he's scared that the pharmaceutical companies are going to try to like make their
1: own can like uh, artificial cannabis or something. I mean, that's how K, I don't know what it's called. K2, K9, snort decay, whatever it is, is Academy? that a fake? <laughs> it's like a fake, it's like a fake cannabis that people take, oh, it's like I'm... synthetic cannabis and um, it could kill you. Like yeah, it, was that's a, heard. it was a rash of it out in Connecticut a couple summers ago where people were just dropping. And those are the moments where you instill people to be like, don't shop with Ray Ray because you just don't know. And it's like, well, don't disrespect Ray Ray like that. Cause <laughs> Ray Ray done held me down, partner. Okay. What we need to do is make sure that we are getting it from people the right way and understand yes. the difference, you know. But yeah. Ray Ray can't make K9 or K2 or whatever <laughs> it's called in his apartment. You know what I'm saying? He just can't. So yeah. you know it's probably beyond him and I think there's an element of like I trust my legacy before mm-hmm. I trust the dispensary especially yeah. sometimes when they're like overly tested at things because it's like y'all yeah, could barely detect the mold but you could tell me that this yeah. is this and this much is isolated mm, I don't know I just feel I'm I'm no, I'm just feeling dangerous. like the market's too smart. You know, it's like a game of chess, right? And these people have been playing chess with cannabis for a long, 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 long time. And we've been playing checkers. And mm-hmm. now we're trying to figure out the game of chess, but it's mm-hmm. already a lot of money on the on the hill between the GW Pharma and the Safe Banking Act. Cannabis is at risk, you guys. Cannabis is at risk from allowing the everyday people like you and I to get into the industry and actually build mm-hmm. something. Um, and it is at risk of allowing people to get rich than they already are. Cause there are some people that actually made money from cannabis richer than they already are while people are still in jail or going uh, to jail for point in Georgia, the, uh, mm-hmm. a- the the limit is 0.25 for cannabis that means a roach okay because a gram (laughs) is 1.00 right it's like a roach which is under the one can get you in jail can get you a civil citation in certain cities but in Paulding County, you're going to jail. In Macon, yep. you're going to jail. In Savannah, you're going to jail. And it's like that in many states. And we're basically about to allow them to pass a bill that's like, hey, banks can work with california oregon new york new jersey all these states that are legal but all the people that's in jail we don't really care about them we made billions of dollars off the prison pipeline but we don't care about them oh all these companies that help your daughter with epilepsy um and have a live a real life oh we don't care about them we're gonna let these pharmaceutical companies from tel aviv come in here and create this cbd product as if it's a new product and then sell it to you and allow it to be covered by insurance um, while you have to pay quadrillions for the, your product that you've been using that you knew worked, that yeah. is homegrown. Right, I we know. We got a war. It's a war right now. <sighs> it's so frustrating. <laughs>
0: There's so many frustrating things. And another reason or another thing that really makes me upset is um, child uh, what are they? Called? Child custody services or what? Or- CPS, CPS, oh child protective services. Yeah. Child protection <laughs> child protective services. That makes me nervous because I looked into that. Be, having a blended family, like we have, um, I have my own daughter. We have my husband and I. We have our kids together. Then he has his own daughter. So there's a lot of like we have the others, you know, busy. like the other parents. <laughs> Yeah. And when it comes to custody and stuff and the law, like people are still using cannabis against each other to take away their kids. And that to me is like really messed up one. It's messed up when they're fighting between each other, but then also like CPS, they take it upon themselves. There isn't even a hard rule. They just decide each person if they think you are putting your child in danger because maybe you smoke weed or whatever or like you're um there was a documentary i watched where this woman she had her bong on the floor instead of on like a thing or a shelf or something and so they took away her kids and said that they she put her kids in in danger
1: like that kind of stuff makes me wild you worried about my bong meanwhile there are people who are beating their kids half to death try it somewhere else. Right? That's what I it. It's Like, like the, the money is going in the wrong department, clearly.
0: It's so crazy. <laughs> it makes me so insane. Cause it's like, this is what's helping me be a better mother. And you're mm. telling me, you know, like, so I just, for me and all the other parents out there, for me, it's super important to make sure that I'm following all the laws in my state, making sure that I am safe and responsible and I'm putting myself out there so that people can see. Like I'm right. a normal person. I'm not like some degenerate. My kids are taken <laughs> care of. They're fed. They're healthy. Yeah. They're clothed. They're they have shelter. Like, right. Well, actually, they're kind of bratty, to be honest. Right. <laughs>
1: like, right. They get whatever they want. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, they're kind yeah. Of cats, but <laughs> so like um, it just
0: it makes me so upset when I hear that you know parents especially are scared to even come out of the cannabis closet and say, yeah, I smoke weed because they're so scared of people judging them. And then Mm -hmm. if someone gets in a fight, they'll be like, I'm calling CPS on you or whatever.
1: And it's just like, oh, who do you think you are? I mean, I think there's an element of like, uh, that is one, their policies, versus implementation and it's like just because something is a law just Mm because something is a policy we know it's not right like i you can name five laws off the top of your head that's not right i can name millions of laws and policies off the top of my head Mm because it's not right because i'd be loving to read people but (laughs) it is like you know just because something is the law just because something is the policy doesn't mean it's right right like i was watching amber Crombie and Fitch documentary the (gasps) other day and yes at their headquarters I met their CEO sorry go ahead okay well I would love to like get your perception of it at some point because now that I got it I'm obsessed because I'm a I used to work for American Eagle but I did apply for Hollister, Abercrombie & Fitch, and American Eagle I did actually get i did actually get amber copy and Fitch, but i i chose um american eagle over them because i like my the the woman the manager was a black woman versus Abercrombie and finch i'm (laughs) Know. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm, I'm a weird and never coming Fitch. Yeah, I just it was it was weird when I went
0: there. Sorry, we're going on a tangent, but
1: yes, yeah. yeah. well, but but the reason why is yeah, because they, they were have wrong. Policies. <laughs> yes, they had policies that was really literally like you can't be personal color, you can't be yeah. big, you can't be gay, even though. They all gay. Um, you can't be yourself. You have to be cool and sha, sha, sha. And yeah. we literally stormed them to the point where I don't know where I am probably a fitch store is right now. I can't tell you. (laughs) I haven't seen a website. I haven't seen them in a magazine. Nothing. Um, I mean, even Facebook, my Facebook agents be hearing me talk about stuff. I feel like I should have seen an A&F ad already on Facebook. (laughs) Nope, nothing. Because we saw that their policy was wrong. It was messed up and it was around for years and we controlled the message and we brought it down. So I feel like when you talk to your children and even when you talk to your other parents, your cousins, I'm a i'm not quite a mom yet (laughs) very soon but i have uh my my people in my village children in my village where we have to have that conversation with them we have to break down the rules to them and then because we are people of color we're black people we also have to remind them that just because this person out in the street is saying oh y'all are going to lead to um doing drugs and doing hard drugs because you're doing cannabis does not mean that's true and does not mean that's right you know there are a lot of laws that were particularly against our people that we had to fight back and be like oh that's not right so cannabis is that even times 10 because what's not right is that hemp was the main which is the cousin of cannabis agricultural hemp was the main Thing that United States supplied to the point where after seg- after slavery during the Jim Crow era, black people were actually the only people that could grow hemp. In fact, there have been said that many historians said only you know inwards can um, grow hemp, and that is the inword crop. That's what they said, and. During the time of prohibition, Harry Anklinger was also friends with paper plastic, and he went up in there and was like, you know what, we're gonna take over this, we're gonna eliminate this. So not only did they take away our ability okay. for medicine, exactly, they yeah. also took away our ability for generational wealth. They took away our ability for climate change, climate better. Yeah. You know, we're because, fighting over gas.
0: Yeah, hemp um it correct me if I'm wrong, it removes heavy metals and toxins out of our soil.
1: And it also is um, what else? (laughs) <laughs> it's many things hemp could be anything so agricultural hemp looks a lot different from what we smoke today you know yeah. what we smoke today isn't gonna go in and make concrete or whatever I wish I I wish I um had my ashtray wasn't so ashy because I actually have a hemp creek, hemp creek oh you do ashtray yeah I created one and it's I have a little joint in there my girl creaky oh, product cool. she's based in she's based in Brooklyn um oh, I mean cool. not Brooklyn New York City but yeah this is hemp she creek. makes hemp creek no, she doesn't. She has the products, um, creaky products. So she has different oh. products. So I had a joint still in there because i just be having mad joints. Mm-hmm. But the hemp creek I had is from Georgia. I think I got that from, but you could get hemp creek anywhere, hemp creek. What I'm saying is though, is that hemp can be, that is how China uses hemp. So our China's the biggest um, exporter of hemp. So a lot of our CBD isolate stuff that we come, a lot of that comes directly from China. Um, Mm -hmm. Over the years, it's gradually starting to change as we Mm -hmm. come back to the hemp agricultural crop. But the hemp agricultural crop removes heavy metals, but it makes paper, it makes clothing yep. it makes plastic it, mm-hmm. it makes car parts it makes yeah. you can make it as asphalt for the street you could build your yeah. whole house out of hemp so hemp could literally I tell people all the time hemp to save the world We're that's what I say climate change climate I, change, climate I change.
0: it's wild to me that people don't understand this I my daughter had like a a stem day like science and engineer day at my old Uh, School that I went to, my college that I graduated from, and um, this engineer. And um, so I went, and for the parents, they had like one of the professors who was in information technology. That was my um, degree. He was giving like a little lecture or whatever about some of the projects that his students are working on. And he was working on hemp. And I was just, I was like so pumped up. I went in there because these are parents from my kids' school. who in like my interactions with them have been very minimal because I don't think we're the same kind of people but like they I don't feel comfortable telling them that I smoke weed you know like openly if they ask me to tell them but in that class I raised my hand and I was like um can you tell me more about the the projects that your students are working on and how that Um, impacts you know and or climate change and everything and so he was like oh yeah and he starts talking about it the parents in there all started raising their hand they're like wait are you saying that hemp can replace plastic they were just blown away by this and I was like this is the problem people
1: don't know and I'm just like i'm all over the place right now because i'm but, like uh, do, but do so people insane. listen though my thing is is people listening are they watching what's happening yeah. tesla has hemp parts in their freaking cars oh, tesla which that. is not even that great of a car yes <laughs> well i'll be you know i'll be trying to get the tea, jenny so if you want to yeah. know the tea, just come to me because i got yeah, it i uh and it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it'll come a little sweet and a little chill but i got the tea, boo and yes so tesla got parts that they're using in it word on the street is gm and ford are trying to figure out how to implement it and now with this whole like electric car movement i'm actually really nervous because the electric car doesn't eliminate the actual gas that we use right now Mm -hmm. and um so i'm like okay we need to figure out better gas right and it's like hemp gas is a thing you just have to have the certain tank that allows the car to run with hemp
0: Also, I would love to, like, replace all of our clothing
1: with hemp. Yes. Well, there are a lot of, there are a few hemp clothing lines. They are not meant for us, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what, no,
0: that's the thing. So, like, I started looking at, okay, what is going on with hemp, like, in the clothing industry, every industry, and I'm like, why isn't there more hemp clothing and it turns out because we don't have it here we're not able to grow it or like our our um agricultural you know wow. architecture or whatever doesn't support it even though hemp has just been federally um passed as being legal so we don't even have the infrastructure to supply our own people with the hemp that we want you know so it's like i have to get I started looking into getting, you know, hemp products for my Bravo and Blaze store. And Mm -hmm. I, I would have to go get it from another country. And it's like, I don't know. I didn't know how I felt about it. Not because I'm against
1: getting products from another country, but like, I just, you can don't get a feel or tell. I will tell you something a little bit more offline because it's like, you know, business the business. Um, But yeah, the hemp clothing is definitely, definitely, definitely a thing. Can Cannab- hemp, like the agricultural hemp grows automatically in our country. It's like, you know, in Kentucky, they literally have to spray like certain type of pesticide because hemp will grow in the concrete. Like it just pops <laughs> up, like literally. It's a weed. Like, yeah, like, like our, our, they love, like hemp loves our country. So it is the things that our country has done that has made it harder to implement those things. Exactly. But, you know, I think that we don't, Process that much cotton anymore in America either. So there's also leading to the fact of what does America make? What does the, you know, one thing we can say about with having the new cannabis industry is that it's to your point, seed to sale and something new is being made, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, now we're actually making stuff and we're making money from it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is really the great part because a lot of things are not made in America. You know, there is a whole, like, there was a whole campaign about quote unquote made in America because so many Mm -hmm. things weren't made in America. Yeah. And one thing about it, two things for sure, weeds made up in here. <laughs> I know. They just we need more of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And we need more housewives that are willing to do just more than um like see, like talk about it as like a fun thing. Like let's talk yeah. about it really what it is, which is like this is a medicinal plant, but there are people yeah. that are still going to jail for this plant. So yeah. I need the housewives to like take um. Yeah. You know, take themselves out of the consumer role and actually mm-hmm. bring themselves in, especially having a brand and being a part of the industry. Which Eva, um, what's her name? I want to say um, Eva Longoria. I know, but that's I, not her name. I know name you're talking about Eva from yeah. um, Real Atlanta. Housewives. Yes, from Atlanta. And what was her maiden name too? no
0: I know maybe her it's from Mendes. America's
1: Next Top Model <laughs> yes I know her from America's Next Top Model too but I'm always I never know her I last forgot, name <laughs> I forgot it um but she was on Atlanta Housewives she mm-hmm. has a CBD line um yes she has a CBD line there so there have been kind of a lot of Housewives that have mm-hmm. produced things but they've never brought it like you are yeah. doing right now to a real conversation with real experts they are not talking about it as medicine but they're also not talking about it as this like weapon cannabis was a weapon against moms against people of color against you know teachers against people getting better jobs yes like at the end of the day and so they use cannabis as a weapon and instead of the housewives talking about it you know they're just being like oh this is so fun and you know, know. the thing is housewives have moved made a move if you notice like where um especially with drinking housewives love to get drunk and yeah. everybody and knows nobody it. says anything about that even though these people clearly are abusing alcohol well now they are luann yeah um who else would that girl from um oc who had 12 children um oh, yeah <laughs> yes, they're just starting people
0: i think like there is a new movement happening in our society where alcohol is starting to be recognized as like maybe it's not so cool <laughs> to get shit faced and blackout <laughs> drunk and vomit all over like right. that was a that was like the thing in our culture and pop culture for a while you know yeah. like frat parties and yeah. like in wasted and having fun. Yeah. And like, I feel like our reality shows are starting to get away from that, which I love. Mm-hmm. I just, you know,
1: I wish it was happening sooner. <laughs> right right like Sonia I was watching oh, yeah. you know them talk about the last season in New York City about Sonia Morgan and I actually felt bad because Sonia is like my top five I of love her, life. Yeah. um love her. you know Nene, of course has to be my number one because I'm from Atlanta too but <laughs> Sonia is up there and I love Sonia and I loved her transition but I really do feel bad for her because now all of the alcohol and the mixing of things are like taking taking her down a little bit versus yeah. like somebody like Kyle Richards which I always have an eyebrow raised to Kyle Richards why <laughs> because Marcy be high as hell all the time he's been all the time like always there's not like now they're making jokes about it but he I yeah. watch early seasons he's They has been always a little make, uh, <laughs> yeah they're making jokes about it so but it even always, him like if he could talk about it
0: more on Housewives you know like something i
1: like well, he know. only trying to talk about the agency child, and they holding on by a thread. If anything, all these spinoffs that Kyle Richardson has been a part there's the reason why she could really be the Beverly Hills House um, Queen because she has many spinoff shows that people don't even know about, like the Housing Million Dollar Listing. The mm. agency is part of the that, people right? that's le- listing the house, and the agency yeah. in New York as well. And so, oh well, that know,
0: house at uh and. In- during the Ultimate Girls Trip, that was Mauricio.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I love that. <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot actually on Beverly Hills, where they go to a lot of like homes that yeah. Kyle Richards and her family company owns. Yeah. But um, that's like,
0: but, but that's what I'm saying is they're obviously successful, motivated, ambitious people. What's wrong with smoking weed? Like, why don't they come out and talk about it more and just say like the stigma that everyone thinks about is wrong. Look at us. We are killing it and- we smoke weed like what's the big deal that's what i would they might like
1: not smoke though they may not smoke i think they might be eating yeah, maybe they the way his it. eyes are like this well yeah. it's like it's like bro you definitely had an edible yeah, whatever
0: you t- i don't care how they consume it but you know i like i just want them to be like it's okay you can be successful and smoke weed too you know like we just need that i think in
1: Bravo. mainstream media right
0: now like Show your support by making sure to subscribe, like, review, share, turn on notifications, and all that great stuff. Are you like Bethany, or do you support other women? Please consider donating to show your support so I can deliver inspiring, educational, and fun content to bring an end to the stigma of cannabis. To not just normalize it, but glamorize it for all parents trying to raise better humans. To donate, there's a link in the episode description.